Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Welcome back to Conversations with Warrior Women. Welcome back, Warrior Women. This is episode 10, which means we are now in the double digits. We've hit the double digits together, people. Thank you for joining me on this journey. I know it's day 6,817,000 of the quarantine, and we are about the end of our limit, but this time is our, it's our time together to spend listening to amazing women. And I've always said that every woman has a story. And it's my job to bring them to you. So we're going to talk, we're going to have a few laughs, and we're going to meet one of my favorite people because I have a celebrity on the show today, guys. I mean, I'm big time. Episode 10. I'm huge now. I have a celebrity. She is the greatest girlfriend, and she's the girlfriend that we all need right now. So I know you're going to be so excited to talk to her. So DM me on Instagram, warriorwomenpod, and tell me what you think of our episode today. But first... If you want more info on the show, go to thewarriormoms.co and click on that podcast link. And if you like the podcast, leave us a positive review so we can move up in the rankings. On to our fabulous sponsor. Guys, I have a new sponsor and it's the Old Spaghetti Factory. You know the Old Spaghetti Factory. I've been going there for years. It's such a fun, family-friendly, unique Italian experience. You can sit in a trolley car. They have those antique lights. But best of all, it is open now. They're opening. And they're also doing takeout too, of course, if you feel safer. But they are opening and they are safely opening. It was founded by Gus and Sally Dustin in 1969. It is still family owned and operated. Most of their their locations are now open for dine-in. But if you want a complete list of the locations, definitely check out osf.com. There are so many ways to place your order. You can get it by phone or osf.com for Old Spaghetti Factory, which is osf.com, or through any of their retail partners like Uber Eats, Postmates, DoorDash, or Grubhub. Known for its atmosphere and unique dining experience, the Old Spaghetti Factory offers a full-size trolley in every location. It is so fun, you guys. Um, I just have to say, I, I go here, my family goes here, I'm really glad. They've been around forever. They make these famous homemade sauces and salad dressings. I love it there. So guys, we got to support. We got to support the Old Spaghetti Factory. Order or dine-in. Let me introduce this fabulous warrior woman, Jenny Poulos. That's right, guys. Jenny Poulos. Jenny Poulos is a Greek-American actress, writer, and rapper working in Los Angeles on stage, commercials, film, and television. But one of her part-time jobs as executive assistant to Jeff Lewis became Bravo's Emmy-nominated hit, Flipping Out, and its spinoff, Interior Therapy. I know you guys are big fans. Fast forward, Jenny is an author. In March 2014, Jenny, Jenny's comedy memoir advice book, revealing from earliest memory her desire to be an entertainer, Grin and Barrett, How to Be Happy No Matter What Reality Throws Your Way. Oh my God, Jenny, we need all your advice today. Uh, it was published by St. Martin's Press and received rave reviews. And her popular children's rap album, Old School Kids Beats, was released in partnerships with Toys R Us and available on iTunes. Jenny is a warrior woman, a warrior wife, and a warrior mom of two of the cutest girls because I've been watching you on Instagram, Jenny. There's, I love that you've got them involved. Forget it. Everybody's now an actor in your family. Will you think, please, they're all involved. Welcome to the show, Jenny Poulos. Thank you, my warrior woman. Hi, everybody. I mean, you are like such a happy light in this dark, dark time. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on the show. Oh, well, so excited to be here and love that you're highlighting so many amazing warrior women because that's what we are, especially, you know, when the rubber has met the road here, homeschool teacher, uh, you know, short, short order cook, you name it. Oh my God, that, that, that I want to ask you, I want to ask you, how are you doing? I feel like, you know, the, in the, the Us magazine, it says like stars, they, they're just like us these stars, these celebrities. I feel like that's you and me. Like we're doing the same things. Like we're homeschooling, we're cooking at home. Like 
I don't even, I know you're not on a fancy vacation right now, Jenny. I know you're doing just what I'm doing. Oh yeah. I have not been on one um, and will not be going on one. I don't think. Um, but I have so much more respect for my own mom who was a quote stay at home mom and all those out there working moms, uh, single moms. I mean, when it, you know, I've had help and I've been working and I've talked to some other working mom friends about this through this time that, um, they've never spent this much time with their family. And I know that sounds odd, but even with no school, I mean, day in, day out. So I think that flash forward to 20 years from now, this time we will never get back. It is going to be an incredible thing that I will always cherish, but it is difficult, you know, day in, day out, even with the husband. I just have to bring up one point here of anyone living with their partner. There were things that I think went by the wayside because we were both in and out that I didn't understand. And he still is working, but he crumples up a lot of little napkins and towels and then just leaves them around. Oh, that's mine, Jenny. I'm, start, mine. I'm starting to go crazy with the crumpled up little napkins. And now it's almost as if it's been an investigation. I remember he would always have crumpled up napkins in his front seat when I would get in. And I go, what are all these for? I go, oh, it must just be the day. But it's an obsession. He crumples up the napkins and then he leaves them around as if he's trying to bait a little mouse or something. <laughs> what are they? Just throw them out. Oh my God. And by the way, mine uses the paper towels and hello, paper towels and toilet paper are worth $1 zillion right now. Do exactly. not even touch them. And he's leaving the little crumples. Little tiny, you know, I think he's rationing. So they're tiny little, little, you know, almost spitballs type size, a little bigger. But um, yes, and uh, he is the designated shopper. One other thing, my poor husband, he's incredible, I will say. Um, a great dad. And, you know, uh, if you do ever enjoy my book or the story, you know, I went through a real bad breakup and thought I'd never meet anyone. And then, you know, even though the crumpled towels, he is the man and love of my life. So crumpled towels and all, he's still the best one you could ever get. So to liken it, what we're all going through, there is a light at the end of every tunnel. And this one does seem dark, but hang in there people. And I know it's incredibly hard, but we're all doing it together. And it's incredible to see the human spirit and what people are coming up with and being creative and also just, our front care, essential workers, people that are now, you know, when you worked at a supermarket before, did you think you were going in and risking your life every day? So I digress, but um, he is the designated shopper. And so every time we, we started with just texting a list, that didn't work. Then we wrote a card uh, and without fail, you know, he's so focused as a doctor. But when it comes to the shopping, it, it, so, he, so the last time he comes up, because it was right when I was putting my younger daughter to bed, he goes, I forgot the milk. I go, the milk? That's the only, that's the only thing I wanted. Best. I didn't, I didn't want the jello. I don't care about the jello. <laughs> so anyway, that's that. Wonderful. Uh, but you know what? It is a crazy time. And I feel like women and, uh, you know, moms, women, all of us are struggling. But I also feel like people are being really creative right now. Like I'm looking behind you with this like insane painting that's behind you actually. And I want to know more about that. But people are being, I don't know, people are being creative right now. Like I'm feeling inspired by seeing people creating, making things, making content. Yes. I think people are hopefully plugging into their passion, maybe something they thought they could never do taking up that hobby, writing that essay, blog, you know, now's the time to feel inspired because we're, we're tested in these times. And the truth is, how do we come out of it? And I think that we're going to come out of it stronger, more empathetic, more vulnerable. Um, and I myself have just wanted to create and keep that alive also for my daughters. That's been a conduit for me that you can't really... I don't have the ability to lose faith 
or hope because I have these young littles in the world going, well, what is this? Now, that being said, I think people that are there alone, create, find what that is, make your plan of, of what you want to do when this all subsides and, you know, don't try to, to do that thing that's going to inspire you every day, whatever that looks like, you know, even if that's getting a, a little self-care day going for, for you and getting a mat, you know, oh, no, we don't have the luxury of anymore. I was, I was saying this to a girlfriend. We don't have the luxury anymore of ignoring ourselves because we are in such a crazy time. If we don't practice self-care, the whole ship is going down because now every single person is depending on us. All our kids are looking to us because maybe they're feeling sad and then they're looking to us like, how's she doing? The husbands are like, maybe I should go crazy. How's she doing? Oh, she seems okay. Okay, I won't go crazy. I feel like we, we're, we're kind of holding, we're the glue. And if you're the glue, then, and by the way, we always have been, this is nothing new, but it's more intensified, obviously. You got to do self-care. Like you have no, you have no choice. You got to do it. Yes. Even if it's just going into the shower, you know, and taking a shower maybe twice. <laughs> I've done that a few times too. Just to, okay, now I'm going to just reboot here. I'm going to, yeah, going to try again here. So restart. Tell me about this art above your head. What is this art thing over here? Uh, this is my incredible nephew. Nicholas Contaxis. Uh, follow him on Instagram, Nicholas Contaxis Art, N I C H O L A S, Contaxis, K O N T A X I S Art. And uh, as his proud, very proud aunt and second mom, I've helped um, build a, a very budding career that was that's now taken off. So he's an international artist now. We launched him in London in September. Uh, he's sold over 290 works. 23 years, 23 years old. He was diagnosed with a brain tumor at 18 months. So they said that, you know, there was a good shot. He wouldn't live to be four and miracle after miracle happened. So I had seen, my sister was doing art as therapy because he has intractable epilepsy and couldn't work in the job share program because of the seizures. So they started art as therapy. And then we saw the work and said, we need to do a show for him. So a Los Angeles show, then came to Palm Springs. He was in Chicago, London. And um, I, I, he does inspire me. And in this warrior woman time, as well as warrior men, as well as healthcare heroes and essential workers, he never gave up and neither did my sister. So um, it looked very dark at times and it's still a challenge but he is nonverbal and communicating through canvas. So again, we can loop through and back into what can we find through this time? Where do we see the miracles? Where, where when things look absolutely dark and as if they're, you know, what, what's going to, how are we going to come out of this? You know, there's stories like this. And uh, I think not only does it inspire people that have, you know, that are, have deal with autism, deal with a disability, but all of us really have a disability in one way or another. And how do we work through that? And I think again, coming out of this time spiritually and such, I think people hopefully will hit that reset button, be more empathetic, be more vulnerable, be more connected, you know, because we've been so disconnected. Uh, I, you know, it's funny because I didn't even know about zoom really. I had heard about it. I don't know. Well, about me too. I didn't know about it. And, you know, we spent our Easter with my husband's family in Chicago. And there is something lovely about that. At the same time, I miss that face-to-face -face connection, as I think everybody does. I mean, uh, for the first time this week, I was thinking, I want to be in traffic for a minute. I mean, that sounds so crazy. But, I, you know. I also miss just, like, getting in a car and going somewhere and being kind of, like, independent and, like, you know, just with my music on. And the other day I just went in the car and like drove around a little bit because I just needed to like, A, get out of my house. My daughter's teachers just, you know, obviously at a safe distance, delivering packages. I've done a lot of cooking. I think that's therapeutic. You know, again, whatever it is that can kind of, you know, I think definitely binge watching shows has been part of it, but you even need to break away from that a bit and try to find 
things to do, you know? Outside. I, I feel like people need to get outside more. Well, tell me, tell me, I want to know a little bit more about you. So take me back when you were like young Jenny. And I, I, you know, you're Greek, which is, first of all, you have to, you don't even know this about me, but I honeymooned in Greek, in Greece. And my husband and I talk about Greece like it's a person. Like we're like, remember Greece. I mean, remember Santorini? Like we, we, we almost make out while we talk about it. Like we can't take it. It is our favorite place. We are dying to get back. We love anything Greek. Any, any Greek person, my favorite friend from high school, Alex Liris, fabulous writer, is Greek. I'm telling you, I love the Greeks. It's like a thing I have. So I'm already in love. I mean, it is chic to be Greek girl and I'm not, but I want to be. But I want to know about when you were younger, like what did you think you would be doing? And did you have any of those kind of cultural limitations on you because you were from a Greek family and maybe they expected something of you or I don't know. I'm just wondering about that. Absolutely in it. And I will say on that note, I've always wanted to be Jewish. I, I like to call myself a, a Greek Jew because I, I love, I love every, my best friends are Jewish. And so, yeah, so <laughs> there's a, there's a connection in there somehow, some way. Um, and I love the Irish too. I mean, I love everybody. I mean, I, I, I do my, daughter, you know, I, I want to be Asian too. So, but yes. <laughs> uh, so, um, anyway, I grew up in a very, uh, traditional Greek family. My, my family started the old spaghetti factory. So we were restaurant business people. Um, my whole family on my mom's side and my dad's side was involved in it too. So it was always, they were at the restaurants. Uh, you know, I knew the schedule lunch, dinner we would go there a lot so that was food was a big epicenter and then uh subsequently medicine because my brother-in-law's a doctor and now my husband's a doctor my dad was going to be a doctor but then moved into spaghetti um so uh it's medicine doctor spaghetti it's very simple and spaghetti love the italians too gotta give them a throw out exactly oh no spend all our love to italy but my mom was a, uh, she stopped working and was the traditional Greek stay at home mom. She, she had been a teacher and I think, um, which I, I talk about in my book that my mom always did want to work, I think somewhere deep inside her. And she stopped doing that to, to basically be that mom that had the dinner on the table and, you know, did what they did, which was clean cook, what we're kind of totally living right now, you know? Um, and I, I, I wrote to my mom because I made pasticcio for Greek Easter, which is a very involved lasagna dish with a bechamel sauce. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay. I didn't know what that was called, but I do know what that is. It, it took five hours and I called my mom. She's 86. So she's really being quarantined heavy because my brother-in-law is the head of the ER. So they're being, she's been in a room for weeks watching Judy Garland movies. That's what I'd be doing. Judy Garland all day long, 86 years old. That's what I'd be doing. We had virtual Holy Week church and my, my brother-in-law is also a deacon. So my mom goes, I'm bored with the virtual church. I'm going back to Judy Garland. I'm like, okay, mom, live your best life. She was pouring Everclear in her in and out cup. I mean, you know, okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, they did not necessarily want me to go into entertainment they were hoping when I was really young I wanted to be a doctor and that was amazing but I started performing at a young age in fifth grade I was uh, happy the most amazing snowman and happy was my name and then after that um just the whole way through through uh, high school was doing lip sync competitions in all, you know, the theater and uh, a little student council too. Loved poli sci. That was my minor. Went to UCLA for theater, film and television and was gunning for Saturday Night Live and comedy, Groundling, Second City, all the same. Um, during that whole time though, I knew that I wanted to create my own material some way, somehow. Um, and so there was always that, well, okay, you know, if you're in entertainment, you understand sometimes or normally you have an agent or a manager. And, and for me, that wasn't something I was only going to rely on. And I think in any business you have to, to, you know, be your own advocate. So, or if you're even wanting healthcare insurance, you got to be your own advocate. If you're going to the doctor, you've got to be your own advocate. You got to get second opinions. You've got to do your research. If you're looking for a house, you know, Jeff had always taught me, know your market, do the comps in the area. Don't just go in blindly. I think no matter what, and that's what I'm trying to teach my daughters. 
you have to work harder. You have got to be specific. You have got to give it not, you know, especially today. Let's, let's give it 50% and hope. But at the end of the day, it's riskier to give 90% and hope, but it feels better in no matter what you do. And I see that as my, my husband is a physician. You know, he gives everything he has. And then oftentimes he goes, you know what? You need to go to a specialist. And he could take that on. And so I think that my family taught me hard work. Hard work and homework, it seems like. Do your homework, like no, like research. Like don't just work hard, but work smart, right? Do your research big, figure it out. Yeah. And and the Greeks are, are hardcore that way. You know, they, they aren't the most nurturing. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I love them, but you know. You are though, because even though it's tough love, it's almost like an, an amazing web of, togetherness like you know it's funny my my daughter her godmother is armenian and i did not understand the armenian culture her birth she's the godmother oh my god people her her whole family took my daughter on it wasn't just like she was the godmother it was like this whole family is now taking my daughter on they were the gifts and the food and it just kept coming and i was like wow this is i mean it's an amazing network of togetherness and love and support that you have. Well, I think the nurturing, and I should follow that up with nurturing in a different package, looking a little bit different way. And that's how my family, they nurtured with food and they loved that way. They nurtured with religion and culture and they loved that way. And they nurtured with humor. And my mom was always very funny, as was my dad. And so my mom, when she divorced my dad, she had said to me, what got me through is turning on someone like a Jim Carrey movie or turning on uh, David Letterman or Jay Leno or Johnny Carson or, and laughing. And that stuck with me at a young age and was something I wanted to pay forward, I think, because, you know, we do end up holding on to, to things in our childhood. And I think, you know, you either learn to speak a different language or you do speak the language that you're taught when you're young and you mirror that. So I learned myself to, to try to not listen to the negative voice, which we all have. And now I see my daughter, six and a half, and those things are starting to manifest. Which thoughts do I listen to? Which, and I, so, we're, so you live it again and you try to make, you know, different or more educated choices. Now, that being said, I think every parent out there of a dog or a child, or it feels as though they fail every day. And that has to be part of it. You know, and I tell my daughter, failure is the only way you're going to get to something you're proud of. It's the only one. There's no way to learn from perfection. you got to learn from the mistakes, and all the things, ways you make. And that brings me back to my nephew. My nephew, because of his disability, could never self-criticize the work because he doesn't really have that ability. And there's a lot of beauty in that. So I think during this time, we can back into those beautiful oopses, you know, uh, like creating something and just videoing it, even if it's for you and, and saying, we're not gonna self-criticize, we're gonna do something and then see what that can turn into. And that to me, even the best writers, you know, I've been reading a lot about writers and writers some, are, sometimes, it's, it's very lonely in a way, Right. And um, especially when you're starting, because you don't know what am I going to put on the page? Talk about the self-criticizing. And so I've seen a lot of writers say, I just started dumping down, just putting what I could down and not getting into picking and choosing and perfectioning. You know, that's a new word there, Liz, perfectioning. I just made that up. Perfectioning. I mean, perfectioning. And who needs perfectioning right now? Certainly not me. Um, I'm a, I'm a writer, Jenny, and I will say half the battle is just putting your butt in the chair. And Elizabeth Gilbert always says, and this inspires me, you only have to do it for one hour. And I don't care what you do in that chair. If you want to stare at the wall for an hour, go for it. But what's going to happen is if you're looking for a tiger and if someone says to you, go down by the lake every morning for an hour, maybe you're going to see a tiger. If you keep showing up, you're going to see the tiger. But if you go to the drive-thru and you do your laundry, and you go over here and organize and you play with your kids and you don't sit your butt in the chair, you're never going to see the tiger. Amen. So you sit in the butt, you sit your chair, you sit your butt in the chair until you see the tiger. And so sometimes, right. and I think, and I think a lot of that as warrior women is finding that time 
as multitaskers to take that self-care half hour, hour and say, I'm going to do something that fulfills me. And I think looking back that my mom in her way tried to tell me, hey, I'm glad you're doing that. You know, now as she gets older and sees, you know, that, yes, I'm a mom that does have help, incredible help. And I couldn't do it without my nanny that's worked with me since Aliana, my first daughter, was born. And she is as important to those girls in their life as I've been. And I think they've been as important to her, too. So there's a beauty, a beauty in that community, like you're saying, the family that takes someone in. And what that looks like. And that's something I'm really proud of with my Greek family. My sister is a mother to my children. And I think I'm a mother to her boys. And there's there's a beauty in that family. And even extended family of people that come into our lives. That are the tight-knit close ones. So. Well, you you mentioned you mentioned his name. I heard you throw the name Jeff out. So I, I feel you just opened the door for me. I'm just saying... You wrote that book, Grit and Barrett, which is such a great book. You gave everybody kind of a little bit of an insight of what reality TV is like. But you were Jeff Lewis's ex- executive assistant on the show. Tell me some highs and lows. We're not going to spend all the whole time on it because God knows that's in your past. But give me a little little highlight, low light of, of being on a reality show. Wah! Of course, there were a lot of highs and uh, 11 years we were on air um, and interior therapy. The other show we did was was two seasons, uh, which I loved that show a lot. But um, I think just the whole journey of both of our lives um, and other characters that worked with Jeff, um, Zoila, you know. Oh, Zoila. She's amazing. To see the lives change, you know, obviously Jeff becoming a father, myself, you know, I went through the breakup of my first marriage living alone and terrified, you know, um, for me, I did always want to be married and have a family and, and living that publicly was a a real challenge when I was in it. And I, I know I, I hate to, but I will liken it to what everyone's going through right now is I didn't really see an end in sight. I thought this is going to come and air for people to watch and I'm going to be humiliated and embarrassed. And I was, Um, And then, you know, it'll be on sale at Target and people will go, you know, wow, you got dumped. And and just walking one foot in front of the other um, when that was really tough to do. Um, And then that led me to to finding Jonathan um, and deciding that, you know, I want the wedding and my marriage to be public. I want to highlight something lovely on reality TV. And that's what Bravo was uh, they were, you know, I was fortunate enough to be with a really great group of people, uh, uh, at that network and they helped, you know, facilitate the good parts too. And then obviously the birth of Aliana, my first daughter, and, uh, that was intimate to, to show, but something that, again, I wanted to highlight the good stuff because, my belief is if I'm going to stay in entertainment and the media and stuff, let's highlight the good stuff. There's enough of the snarky and the nasty and the, oh, death, doom, despair. Uh, I want to be the, I want, and especially now. So, um, and then the IVF uh, for my second daughter, Georgia, journey was something my husband really, he's very private. So that was the whole thing with the reality TV thing for him. When he met me, he had no idea, had never seen the show. That was something that for him, I think, opened his heart and mind a little because he looked back and saw how many people we helped through being vulnerable and open about that journey. And people that then tried IUI or tried to to go down that road or had hope that they could indeed get pregnant at an older age. And he then kind of turned his heart and mind. And he had had many people, you know, that he knew had gone through IVF, but it's a private thing a lot of the times. I think it's become more of a talked about. I feel like people got to reveal things like this. Like I went through IVF and I have to tell you, it was like the secret. I I almost was made to feel like bad about it. And then I started talking about it and people were like, oh yeah, well, I did have to do this or I had to do this. I'm like, hello? You're not going to share this with me? I feel like you got to reveal these things to heal, like yourself and other people. Like, I am just a proponent of, like, 
just being out with it, just because I've seen, like you're saying, how you can affect other people if you tell them what you're going through, because guess what? They're going to raise their hand and say, me too. Yes. And I think for the journey of flipping out, it was very real. I think that's what why people loved it. Uh, Jeff was very real. He was very open. He let people into his business and uh, his life and his home, and that's vulnerable. So I think that we, when we were laughing and having great times, and his design is is very wonderful. He's a very talented designer and very talented with his business. So those were the great parts of it. And we were a very dysfunctional, functional family. So, um, so yeah, so I, uh, I look back and go, wow, that was a long time to, to live, you know, in a way very publicly. Um, but I would not trade the people that have come out, um, to support, uh, me throughout every time um, in the journey of it all. And that sounds like, Oh, in the journey, but people would, would reach out and say, Hey, you know, my mom died and I was in the hospital and I was watching the show and the, it brought me some comfort. It brought me some laughter. And that's really why when I was young in fifth grade doing happy, the snowman that I wanted to pursue that is that comfort for people. And I think laughter is something that has also gotten us through this time. I mean, a lot of my girl friends from school and stuff will just start on a on a meme chain, you know, and and, and they'll just and then the next day you'll get one and you'll go, oh, it just oh my god, up. they keep getting more inappropriate. I can't even take it. I'm dying. Uh, the meme chains are. I have to make sure my kids don't look at the phone because I'm like, oh my god, what is right. this? So I think it all comes back to laughter and I'm teaching my daughters that too, is to just have a sense of humor and a good time and let's dress up and, you know, go do something outside on the lawn for five minutes, even though, you know, let's take a, a break, just total left turn, even though you're supposed to take a nap, you know? And so, so that's, that's how it comes. Well, I, I, I know that you rap. I don't think a lot of people, when I was telling people you were coming on the show, they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, she raps. You don't know she raps? I'm like, she wrote Andy Cohen's theme song. And they were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, hello, the song. Andy Cohen's got the phone one, one. And I do it. Like I'm pretending I'm you. And they're like, she wrote that? Like people don't even really know. I feel like when he does the show, he needs to put like a little head of yours, like in the, you know, like, I feel like you're not getting the full credit for this. I know he probably gave you full credit, but I, I feel that you need to get more credit for that. But you're a rapper, an award winning rapper. I want to hear about that. I want to know, are you still doing it? Because I feel like this is the time I need some rap. Uh, yes, I am still doing it. I had kind of parlayed it into kids rap and um, Dave Glass and Kathleen King were two people that wrote Andy's song with me and the date did the music. And so that was something that uh, when Andy was first launching Watch What Happens, just did kind of an impromptu rap in the chair. And then he was- I remember that moment. So you just did it as like a gift to him, I feel like. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I remember watching it and I remember that is, I loved it. I thought it was so catchy and fun. And then I couldn't believe that they actually used it as the song I was dying. Yeah, Andy- really enjoyed it. And then the next thing he knew, it was the theme song. And we've done a couple actually versions since, but he's stuck to the, you know, old school, good old. And I'm very grateful that he still has it as his theme song. And sometimes people, one time I was on a plane, which <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> I want to go on a plane. How do I, I mean, I miss a plane. What's, what's wrong with I can um, listen to us. <laughs> I'll take it. My little, my little daughters go, we're going to Disneyland. Like, they'll just go around and, you know, I go, okay, we're going to Benihana. Um, so, uh, we're big Benihana fans over here. Oh, now I, I don't know Benihana to the house. I ordered it to the house. Did you, did it, did it smell like, was it? Let me tell you something, Jenny. I love that we're talking about this right now because I just turned 50 and I'm literally trying to find a hundred ways to celebrate. So one of the nights I ordered Happy Benihana. Birthday. Thank you. I couldn't take it. I was like, I'm ordering it. I made them send the hats and we I did it on my kitchen island. We pretended we were there and the food tasted like a million dollars. Let's go Benihana. I mean, thank you for that. And I'm going to take that and recreate it. They will that. deliver it to your door. Bless Benihana. I mean, God bless Benihana. My two-year-old's 
obsessed with Benihana. I went there when I was pregnant with her quite a few times, and she just, when am I going my gym? When am I going to my gym and Benihana? Those are the two things that she really is missing. So thank you for that. That's amazing. But um, yeah, I I I love Benihana. I mean, every year on my birthday. But how are we gonna sit at Benihana now? I mean. Uh, apparently we're only going to do like two people at the whole table, like one over here and one over here. Yep. So I was on a plane and this businessman, we landed. So he turns on his phone and his ringer was Andy Cohen's got the full one, one. And I'm thinking, I would never think it would be him. You know. By the way, I'm going to do that. Cause I love that song so much. I'm going to make it my ringer. If that's a yeah, possibility. I still, I think it's still available. It's an oldie, but a goodie. I think I'm going to do that, Jenny. Um, no, yes, I'm still rapping. I released a COVID-19 rap, um, and really want to, hopefully the, the goal is to build a series, a musical series around kids music. So, um, I had done old school kids beats and 17 songs on that album. And then we did uh, about 10 songs of nursery rhymes and now want to build that out into something that can involve more of a, a series for kids, great messages, you know, once again, everything we're talking about coping skills for young children, but also with the fun of the music. I think music is such an incredible way to teach, um, not to only teach children, but to teach all of us, again, just emotionally. It's just a way we, we I, for me, when I hear a certain song, it will take me somewhere creatively. And so I think that, you know, my daughter is really taking to the piano and ukulele. And I'm excited about that because I never really played instruments. I always wanted to play the drums. But I think once again, during this time, taking up some kind of passion um, is really amazing. And I never knew for young children how much math is correlated with uh, in Kids that are really excel in math usually play a musical instrument. Fun fact, didn't know that. And by the way, you can get better at math. You can get better at math by playing a musical instrument, which is kind of why I make my kids do it, because I'm like, get in there. And I told my daughter, this our house was George Harrison's house. Fun fact also. So that was cool. So every time a Beatles song comes on Sonos, we think George is is watching. Totally. Oh, that's so cool. All right, now tell me, I, I, I have I've seen your friend Deb... Jenny? Yes, Deb has been quarantined with us. Yeah, so Deb not, is not been easy. That not been easy. Deb and I are at each other's throats a bit. So any of you out there that are at any are quarantined with anyone where it's there's good days and bad. There's um there Deb's been helpful, you know, but in certain ways. But um she's been helpful. Lover, I just need to know. Yeah, my kids Clever. Well, she'll she'll do some of the dirty work. You know, my husband, she'll, she'll pick up the dirty napkins, you know, um, if, if they're sitting there. She'll take the trash all the way to the to the actual bin. You know, sometimes, I don't know, does that happen with your husband where it makes it part of the way? Oh, every every day. I, I, I will. I will. I've now started taking the trash out and like putting it next to the trash can, hoping that he, because it doesn't matter now how full it is. It doesn't, it doesn't inspire him to take it out. So now I'm take, I'm taking it out and putting it next to hoping he will. And no, Deb is a treasure. She is a treasure. She's a national treasure. I just, I mean, if I had someone living with me like that, that was getting the brown spots out of the lawn, I would, I would consider myself a lucky lady. She's trying. We also spilled some chocolate on the brick when I had had my nephew's uh, rehearsal dinner here. We love a good chocolate fountain, Liz. And uh, the chocolate spilled. So she's been working on that for two weeks. But, you know, I'm not going to complain because she's got a lot of, uh, drive to get things done but they never really were but that's okay yeah yeah well she had a lot to say about you as a homeschooler just saying um okay um so I want to talk a little bit she's got a few moments I find her eavesdropping sometimes did she mention that oh yeah. Yeah. yeah she's listening she's listening um she's like Alexa but different 
Um, okay, so we, I want to talk to two things. I want to talk. I want to talk about kind of what's coming up for you because I know you had some things that were kind of on hold, but you you know things you're working on. But I also want to talk about the old spaghetti factory because how are they doing? Like, I mean, your parents do they do they still have their restaurant? Like, what's happening with old spaghetti? Thank so you for, that for your parents and support to all small businesses out there. Uh, so whatever you can do, I mean, my, my dear friend, your skin, incredible skin line, why you are my friend, Christine, um, those are the kind of products and things. If we are looking to support, let's do that. But the old spaghetti factory is my family's restaurants. They'd been in business for 50 years and never closed. And we did have to close during this time. So the exciting uh, news is that we're reopened for delivery and takeout because that's not a business we had been in. So um, wh- wherever a spaghetti factory is in your area, they're practicing very, very safe curbside to go. And also you can order through Uber Eats, Grubhub, all the, you know, check your local, whatever your local deliveries are. And most of them Oh, if you go to osf.com, 15% off. You oh. You're getting it. Yeah, so you can get it on .com. So if you directly from the restaurant. And you want your mazithra cheese. It's so incredible with the brown butter and the spaghetti. So you could even get mazithra cheese to go and make pasta at home. But we're so grateful if, if you can pass the word on and support because we do want, you know, so many, we employ so many people. So to get them back to work safely you know, totally safely, really going above and beyond to make sure we're practicing social distancing, sanitizing, everything is super safe. And they were really, really strict about that. So, um, but people need to work and make money. We're coming out of this differently. And, and I think there will be changes, you know, in everything in school. I mean, that's what we're hearing. Um, I think it's interesting because everything, I don't know if you feel this way, but it really, we are really living where it's a little unknown. And so you have to be very in the moment. And I think that that is hard for people that, you know, we all want to control in a certain way. And so whether people are like, you know, some people say, oh, well, I'm OCD because I can control how clean my house is. And, uh, you know, but I think that we really can't know what the future is. And, and that's really been life though, because you really don't know. No, I think I think that we have had the illusion of being in control until now, and now we realize we've never really been in control. But this is worse because we don't have as much freedom. I think you know what I mean. I think that's sort of what's kind of bothering people. You know what I mean? But but my God, I'm grateful the race restaurants are delivering. Frankly, I mean, my God, give me one night off. That's all I can say. Exactly, exactly. And if it can be safe, and you know, then let's let's support. And that goes for for every. Everyone out there, I think of I think of my dear nail lady who worked so hard day in and day out at her her shop, and so I hope so desperately that we can get back to some kind of normal and get those businesses opened again and get people back to work. And way. I think we're on the way, but we got to be good and we got to be. Dope. Yes, we do. We have to be good, and I think that that's an important message too. Is it it to take it seriously for the time so we can get back. So tell me, we're almost to the speed round, Jenny. You know I love my speed round. Oh, the speed round, the speed um, but round. But tell me, anything, any projects? Any projects? Any great projects. projects. Yeah, yeah. I would just say stay tuned. I have um, some things I've been working on for several months. So um, as they come down the pike, uh, I will come back and let you know. And um, just really wanting to put out great programming, both content-wise that is uplifting for people and funny. So I'm, I'm excited to, um, get back into that. And, and, uh, all of you out there, once again, this has been the theme of today, but you are a creator and you can, so don't tell yourself you can't because that's just fear. And we don't need to get into that. We get into the reality of it and to surround yourself with people that are, I think, uplifting and yes, criticism is good, but also to, to be that, come on, we can do this positive because, you know, the judgment part of it should be out. That's not really where creation can, can stem from. So sit in that chair for an hour and look for the tiger. Look for the tiger, people. Look for the tiger. Okay. Jenny, what is your speed round? What is your cocktail of choice? (gasps) Oh, she brought a prop. I love it. 
Is that your glass too that you use? Is that metal? Yeah, stainless. Okay, so I love a dirty martini. Does this like keep it cold? Like what is this deal with this? Keeps it extra cold and put it in the freezer. I haven't been doing the freezer, but uh, just got everything crazy. I mean, I don't know. Again, please, listeners, DM, let's talk. <laughs> yes. How, how do you get the kids down? And, you know, I, I mean, my husband every night, I'll go, can we just work towards getting a half hour earlier? Half? You always shoot for the goal and it just goes over. So by the time, yeah, it's not going to be a cold one is what I'm saying. But yeah, dirty martini. It's just water, Santa Barbara olive juice, which is Santa Barbara olives and vodka. I Pretty love simple. No vermouth. I, oh, you don't, I do a little vermouth, like rinse. That's all I do. I don't do the whole. I don't like put it in. I like swirl it. And then I, like, I'm like a bartender now. I mean. I love that. No, no, that's what I do. Um, What's a mantra or quote you live by? Uh, When you're going through hell, keep going. That might be appropriate for right now. That might be the perfect one for right now. Uh Yeah. When you're going through hell. I love that, Jenny. Okay. What simple thing do you do for yourself? Like a self-care thing that we could all do? I brought another prop. Oh, no, you did not. What is it? Masks. Just the little masks. Yes. By the way, I have 20 of these in my drawer. Not expensive. But why did I not do it yet? To doing it. At first, my, in fact, I did one little fun tip. I did this one this morning. Um, As you can see, it's really helped. You're looking really glowy. I used to think, I used to freak my daughters out with it. And now they laugh. They go, here comes the blue money. So, you know. Oh my God. You can it's not like anyone's coming over right now. So we're okay. I mean, it's so true. Um, what makes you feel unstoppable? I think my, my children. Yeah. Yeah? My children, just seeing them and how I never knew that I would have maybe be a mom even. And, um, and that drives me. To, to also just, okay, let's go. Let's get going. Let's be creative. You know, sometimes it's hard, you know, especially once again during this time to go, okay, what's next? You know, for me right now, I did live on reality TV a long time. It was different when I first started performing. I thought, oh, now I'm thought of as someone on reality. So it's all these people judging and comments now with social media. Run your own race. Just keep going. So what makes you passionate? I think for me, creating makes me passionate. And as soon as I step into that lonely chair and stop the whatever, I'm going to put it out there. Boom. You're out of it. So it's, it's resetting. Yeah. Yeah. And creating whatever that looks like, whether it's a food, whether it's reorganizing a room, I've done a lot of that. That's a good thing that another tip for people. Um, Deb's been helpful with that because she's strong. Um, you can always just repurpose what you have. Okay. We can't go out and get stuff right now, but re-energize your room, move stuff around, yep. you know? Yep. Who do you most admire? I feel like you have a list. Oh, wow. I know. Uh, probably um, my husband is up there, definitely. Um, he is a wonderful father and a wonderful physician and a wonderful son. Um, his, so yes, my, my husband and um, I mean, Probably God. I'm a girl of faith. So yeah. Let's put him up there. I mean, he's up there. Yeah. We need him right now more than ever. Let's just say. We do. do. Um, Okay. Don't forget about um, all those women out there that are, you know, like yourself that are just strong and seriously warrior women that are doing it all that don't take a lot of credit. I admire each and every one of them that, you know, everything we've gone through, you know, and just standing up and still saying, no, I can run that business. No, I can do this. Yeah, no, I can be- learning to pivot and figure it out. Like what women are doing is incredible right now. How pivot they're struggling it all. Out. And they juggle it all. And I'll never forget Shonda Rhimes too, when she said, when your daughter or your son or whatever says, give me five minutes, you give them the five minutes because that other thing can wait. And that's a woman that's got a lot going on. So we always can give that time and prioritize, but those fierce warrior women multitaskers, yourself at the top of that list, mama. Oh, well, you're at the top of mine too, girl. So what is exciting you the most right now? Uh, I think people, people's, the human spirit, 
people persevering and getting a production running in their basement or at home and not being defeated by something that could look really, really scary and is scary. And the unknown, you know, about perseverance and endurance and getting up every day and not wanting to sometimes and moving forward and getting through and creating that little something or being uplifting to someone or delivering something to someone or raising money, you know, all of it, that, that would be a a huge part of it. Yeah. I feel like people like you who are making this like at least a fun time sometimes, you know, whether you're having Deb on or these wraps you do with your family, like things like that keep me going and make me feel like, you know what? It's not all bad. We're all a little bored. We're all a little crazy. But then you see somebody taking that and creating or doing something funny and you just feel like you're not alone. You know, you feel like, oh, they get me. They're going to me too. And you know, one thing I would say is when when you think about, oh, if I can just deliver this to someone or you don't understand the power in that, you know, um, so do that if you can. Just make that stop by, even if it's a little, you know, whatever it is, it's a little offering or a note or go, you know, say, sing a song to someone outside that you don't know how far, how low they were and how far that could get them. And I think that includes posting the, the things that are funny or whatever drives you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, Jenny, thank you so much. Liz slash Reese. Deb was right about that. I wish. Are you kidding? I want to be Reese Witherspoon. Please, God, let me look like her. You know, I got a doppelganger too, Julia LD. So. You, I saw, and you put something on Instagram and I thought, oh my God, you do. Like, I actually hadn't thought about that, but you do kind of resemble Julia Louis-Dreyfus a little yeah. bit. Kind of my sister from another mister. And, so. and incredible woman too, warrior woman, big oh, time. A hundred percent. Thank you so much, Jenny. It's Thank you. a happy, positive, real life in the world. So thank you for all the things you're doing. And thank well, you back for at you. Kids and like creating content for kids so the kids don't have to be bored and they can be happy. And thank you for everything. Thank you. Love to you all. Stay safe, everybody. Yes, stay safe. Thank you for joining me today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a positive review. This is Conversations with Warrior Women Podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Until next time.